Welcome to the Original Doll Iconography. I'm your host, James Rodriguez. On the Original Doll, I unpackage music with the people who create it. And at the same time, we give back to charity. For more information, visit theoriginaldoll.com. Big shout out to my Patreon patrons. Thank you so much for your support. Because of you, we can keep this thing going. And as with every episode of the Original Doll, any audio recording ripping stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. Now today we have a special episode where we're going to talk about two huge stan communities. Those very, very huge fan groups. One, Mariah Carey's Lambs, and the other one, fans of Jennifer Lopez. Years ago, somebody asked Mariah Carey about Jennifer Lopez, and Mariah Carey just said, I don't know her. Now, many people may think, oh, that's not a big deal. But when you hear the behind-the-scenes story about all of the craziness that happened to Mariah Carey, you might understand it a little bit better. So we're going to get right to the show. My name is James Rodriguez. This is the Original Doll Iconography. <laughs> the Original Doll. Yeah, yeah. Don't you want my iconography? Don't you want to stay in and follow me? Don't you want to aim for the stars to see? Don't you want my iconography? The Original Doll. Let's rewind to 1997. Mariah Carey had just released her album, Butterfly. During the recording of the album, Mariah Carey divorced her husband, who happened to be the head of Sony Music at the time, Tommy Mottola. Halfway through the album, Mariah was able to take artistic control. Up until that point, Tommy Mottola really controlled the look and the sound of Mariah Carey. In April of 2001, Mariah Carey would sign a four-album deal with Virgin Records for $80 million and many financial benefits, including an increased royalty rate. In a previous episode of the Original Doll Podcast, we talked about recording contracts and advances. What Mariah was asking for was beyond what many labels could provide, so most walked away from talks to sign Mariah Carey. Allegedly, she would be paid a $20 million advance upon signing and an estimated $20 million per album, plus a 25% royalty rate. Like with every other recording contract, Virgin Records would deduct money from her royalties until the advances were paid off. On July 18, 2001, following a music video, Mariah Carey made a surprise appearance on MTV's TRL. She showed up with an ice cream cart, which was a nod to simpler days in the summer. Host Carson Daly said her appearance was unannounced to him. Now those who know TRL and the security that is required when you have superstars in the house know that was most likely not true. In the episode, you can see Daly was acting, not prepared for Mariah. Carrie was wearing an oversized t-shirt she would remove it to reveal she was wearing gold sparkly hot pants and a Supergirl tank top, which was a nod to 80s fashion, as glitter was based in the 80s. Upon the removal of the shirt, Carson said, oh, Mariah's stripping. And then he looked at her chest and yelled out that they should turn down the AC. He was referring to Mariah's chest 
and what happens when our chests get cold. Mariah acknowledged the people on the street outside, which was common during the times of Tyrell, because they would have an in-studio audience and an audience outside in Times Square. At that point, Carson Daly said, Mariah Carey has lost her mind. Daly then announced that Mariah would headline an event on August 1st. The event was called Live and Almost Legal. Seriously, that was the title. He then said Mariah Carey had sold over 140 million records so far. Mariah responded, where's the cash? Because it ain't in my bank account. She then said, after Carson was talking about more of her success, that all she really wanted was one day off. Carson Daly then returned to the countdown. Mariah Carey's single Lover Boy, the remix, was number four that day. Interestingly enough, Mariah said TRL cut the video off too soon. They didn't get to DeBrat's part, which was a wrap. Now, what's the importance of this? Well, this really ties into the episode of the Original Doll podcast. Here is a censored version of DeBrat's rap. Hate on me as much as you want to. You can't do what the I do. Be emulating me daily. Hate on me as much as you want to. You can't be who the I be. Be imitating me lately. Clearly, that was a reference to someone. On September 7th, 2001, just four days before the attacks of September 11th, Mariah Carey had postponed an interview with Barbara Walters. Her reason for the postponement? She needed time to rest. You see, what happened was, Mariah Carey had just filmed a music video, and the label intended on Mariah shooting another music video in such a short amount of time. Mariah declined. She left. The label couldn't find her at her penthouse, so her family eventually found her at a hotel that she had checked herself into. It was her older brother who talked Mariah into going back to her mother's house. Well, Mariah Carey had purchased this house for her mother. At that point, Mariah had gotten into an argument with her mother, who was well known for calling the cops for any number of reasons. What was bad this time is Mariah Carey had one of her good friends with her, and her older brother, all of whom, to most people, look black. The police officers arrived, saw Mariah's mother, who is white, looking rather scared at all these other people around her. What did they do? They've removed Mariah Carey from the house that she had purchased. Eventually, Mariah's older brother told her about this spa, in which she was drugged, and could not remember much of what happened there. Then eventually, her older brother talked her into going to L.A. When she arrived, she was sent to a hardcore detox and rehabilitation center, and she states that she was pretty much in a fog the whole time. Well, the day of September 11th, she was released, which also happened to be the release date of the Glitter soundtrack. So what were these extra stresses and this exhaustion that played a part in Mariah's journey? Many of the public speculated that a big part in Mariah's stress was her ex-husband, Tommy Matola, and potentially Jennifer Lopez. What did Matola and Lopez have to do with Mariah's mental health? In July of 2017, 
Viceland Network's late-night show Jesus and Mero featured Irv Gotti, who was CEO and co-founder of Murder, Inc. Records. In 2001, the label was the home to artists such as Ja Rule, Christina Milian, and Ashanti. On the late-night show, Gotti officially opened up and told the story of Mariah versus Tommy and J-Lo. The music producer said that Tommy Matola called him at 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning because Matola had heard that Gotti and Ja Rule made a song with Mariah. At the time, Gotti said Tommy hated Mariah, and he was working on Jennifer Lopez to ultimately replace Mariah in the recording industry. So, he was going to do what he could to make Jennifer succeed and derail Mariah's career. Knowing that a song was created with Mariah and Ja Rule, Matola requested that Gotti produce a remix for a song and have Jennifer Lopez and Ja Rule duet on that song. One of the songs referenced was If We, which did end up on Mariah's Glitter soundtrack. That track featured Ja Rule and Nate Dogg. We will post a clip on our social media, the.original.doll on Instagram. Gotti said he knew that Tommy was trying to get a song and release it with Jennifer Lopez first, so that when Mariah's song came out shortly afterward, the public would assume it was Carrie who was trying to copy Jennifer Lopez. Another song controversially similar to this will be featured in another bonus episode. That one deals with Beyonce and Kelly Clarkson. Now back to this episode. Gotti said that he would do a duet with Ja Rule and J-Lo only if he had complete artistic control. Matola agreed. I'm Real, the remix, was written with Ja Rule and produced in 10 minutes. Matola wanted to impact Mariah Carey's career negatively, so he gave Irv Gotti and Ja Rule the Sony Music private jet to use for the week. Why would he do that, you ask? So that the team could fly out and film a music video in the week. Filming would begin on June 2nd, 2001, two weeks after Mariah had filmed her music video for Loverboy. Now, here is where the story gets messy. Mariah Carey had worked on Loverboy and had already received clearance to sample the 1978 song Firecracker by the Yellow Magic Orchestra. The publishers of the song told Fox News that, quote-unquote, Mariah Carey called us to license a sample from Firecracker first. Within a month, Jennifer Lopez also called. Same clearance request. And that prior to Mariah Carey requesting her clearance, no other person had ever sought to sample this song. So it wasn't a sought-after track. Now, how did Tommy Mottola get access to the secret workings of Mariah Carey? For an album that was not on her original home label, Columbia, which happened to be under Tommy Mottola's Sony. Glitter the film was a Sony Pictures film, which was a sister company to Sony Music, which Tommy Mottola ran. He would have access to watch the dailies and any promo videos. Music producer Irv Gotti, in talking with XXL Magazine, suggested that Matola heard Mariah's song with the sample and requested that Gotti make a song that, quote-unquote, was in the same style. Now, here's the bizarre part. 
Jennifer Lopez had released her sophomore album, J-Lo, in January of 2001. Mariah was going to release the Glitter soundtrack and the singles from Glitter in the summer of 2001. This would make no sense to release a new Jennifer Lopez album months after her second album was released. So what was the solution? It was simple. Just create a remix for a song that was already on the album. And Irv Gotti did that. He remixed Unreal and called it The Murder Remix. The remix name was a nod to Gotti and Ja Rule's label, Murder Inc. The song would also cause controversy when Jennifer Lopez would drop the N-bomb during the song. The narrative about her singing the word was that at the time, it was okay because Ja Rule wrote the song. In 2002, Ja Rule told Yahoo News his version of the story, which pretty much backs up Irv Gotti's story and Mariah Carey's assumption. Ja said, I got a call from JLo and them. They heard the record that I did with Mariah, somehow. And they thought the record was, like, incredible. So they called me and said, We want you to do a record with JLo for her new single, I'm Real, but we need it now. Like, right now. We're shooting a video Saturday. And it was like Thursday when I got the call. So they brought the record over and dropped it off. Most parties involved acknowledged the actions taken by Matola to sabotage his ex-wife's career, except for Jennifer Lopez. What did she know? Well, we heard from Child Rule that she acknowledged she heard Mariah's original song and then still used the sample of the same song for the remix to her song, I'm Real. Irv Gotti stated that Matola wanted basically the same song as Mariah so that he can give it to Jennifer Lopez. On Bravo's June 19th, 2004 episode of Watch What Happens Live, Lopez was asked about her relationship with Mariah Carey. Lopez said she doesn't have a feud with Mariah, and that she said it was from things in the past that Lopez herself wasn't aware of. Now, this statement would contradict what music producer Irv Gotti and Ja Rule said in different interviews. Both of these men stated that Jennifer Lopez did hear the song and ultimately used the same sample for her song. Jennifer Lopez and her brand were the ones who requested the sample clearance from the music producers of Firecracker. Mariah Carey would eventually have to change the composition of Loverboy by creating a different production. But from here, she would end up using a new sample, which would be the song Candy by Cameo. Almost 20 years after the release, there was some justice. Glitter, the soundtrack, would go number one on iTunes in November 2018. And a couple months ago, in February, Mariah Carey would move her entire catalog to ASCAP. This would be in preparation for her to release her albums, her old music, as a collection, as a box set. More information is to come late summer, early fall of 2020. And there is hope for those who want to hear the original Loverboy with the firecracker sample. In a couple of months, Mariah Carey is going to announce that she is releasing a compilation with unreleased songs, one of them being the original version of Loverboy. So be on the lookout late summer, early fall. Jennifer Lopez 
like many superstars, has had a career that has featured some great highs and some stunning controversies. In the last few years, her best friend Leah Remini had a documentary film and series about Scientology. What many people do not know is that Jennifer Lopez's father has been a Scientologist for over 30 years. Remini talked about the hypocrisy of celebrities in Scientology and told People magazine, The practice of Scientology says her father should be disconnecting from her because she's connected to me. And that hasn't happened. Although I don't want anything to happen to Jennifer or her family, it is the practice of Scientology. They do it to everybody else who is not a big name. Another controversy that follows Jennifer Lopez is the use of Ashanti and other female artists' voices in many of her early songs. In a 2014 interview, Ashanti explained that the label did in fact use her vocals for the hook, background vocals, and ad-libs, not Lopez's. It was Ashanti's that were featured on many songs. What I have learned over the last several decades is that the media does like to compare female artists unfairly, or the media tries to minimize their success. But sometimes you can learn the different parts of a story behind the scenes and wonder, would I react differently? Would I give this person press by saying their name? Or would I simply say, I don't know her? Please be sure to rate the original doll iconography with James Rodriguez. I appreciate it. And add me on Instagram, the.original.doll. My name is James Rodriguez. I'll see you on the flip side.